Welcome to Academic Advising for a Wise Education. This is the podcast that teaches things about higher education to help improve your learning and studying, make smarter choices of a major and coursework, understand how colleges and universities work, find internships and research assignments that complement your classroom learning, be financially sensible, become academically mature, prepare for graduate school, and plan for your future career. I'm Advisor Jay. Today's topic is Learning, Studying, and Remembering, Part 2. Over the many years that I spent teaching and advising students in colleges and universities, there was so much I saw that revealed gaps in what students needed to know about higher education. With this podcast and my virtual advising using Zoom, I hope to help you accomplish your best in school and beyond and not make many of the mistakes that I saw students commonly make. In part one of the current mini-series on learning, studying, and remembering, I emphasize that overwhelming yourself with schoolwork and maybe a job and then only having time for studying and homework on weekends is a really bad idea. The smarter approach is to learn and study on a daily or every other day basis, and I mean that for each subject. Related to this, you have to understand that we mostly only retain the information that we make use of, and it's really necessary to make use of it a lot, otherwise we risk forgetting it. What can make human memory difficult to grasp is if we try to compare it to recording information on paper. Here's what I mean by that. If you were to legibly write a few sentences of anything on paper, and then you put that paper in a locked filing cabinet, You could retrieve it 10 years later and be confident that whatever you wrote will still be there in its entirety, in its original form, and still be readable. That concept of retaining information on paper without loss is easy enough for a child to understand. But what you need to know is that human memory does not at all work like that. Memories are not locked in our brains in their original forms. If they were, we would always be able to recall events and details from the past perfectly. The reality is that if information we learn is not used, it will degrade over time in our brains. This does not mean that you will suddenly necessarily lose a big chunk of things that you learned. Instead, what happens when you are not frequently using what was learned is that gradual forgetting occurs. Various details of that information get lost, and this happens without you knowing it. Only when you try to recall something do you suddenly realize that pieces of what you once knew are missing from your memory. What you also need to know is that what I have just described about memory loss is perfectly normal. Forgetting is a natural aspect of normal human memory, and yet the way that I see most students study and work on homework is as if forgetting doesn't exist. It is as if they think that as long as they hear or see something once or a few times, They expect to remember it in its entirety at any time in the future, even if, in the meantime, they never use what was learned. And I understand why people might think that, because if you've never learned how human memory works and doesn't work, then that may seem to be logical. During those many years that I spent teaching, I had a lot of conversations with students who were not doing well academically and wanted my help because they wanted to improve. Whenever a student like this came to me, in such a situation. I had the person show me his or her class notes, homework exercises, and tests. Now when it comes to the class notes, here's what I often saw. This student who was asking me for help had neatly written down everything I wrote on the board during each class session, 
in addition to things I said but did not write on the board. Now, all of that is good. And sometimes the notes were well organized and even rewritten for neatness, and that's also good. But a problem in nearly every one of these cases is that the student did nothing more with the notes besides writing them. That is, the notes were never looked at again, and that is not good. All of the work these individuals did in documenting what they heard me say in class and office hours and write on the board was almost pointless because they acted as if merely writing them and glancing at them meant they would forever remember them. Obviously, they did not remember them, and that is part of why they were not doing well on tests and other graded materials. I want to tell you about a famous German philosopher and university professor named Hermann Ebbinghaus. That spelling is H-E-R-M-A-N-N-E-B-B-I-N-G-H-A-U-S. Hermann Ebbinghaus. In the latter part of the 19th century, Ebbinghaus performed an experiment in which he exposed participants to information they had never seen before. He then removed the information, and some minutes or hours later, he tested each person to see how much the individual could remember of that information from earlier in the day. Ebbinghaus found that when we are exposed to entirely new information that we make no use of, we rapidly forget it. And this process happens beyond our awareness. It is not as if your brain says to you, Hey, about that lecture you were at early this morning, I'm starting to forget it. That's not how the brain works. We know this, right? Instead, forgetting happens quietly and only comes to our attention when we try to remember the information. And we've all had this experience in the middle of maybe relating a story to someone about some event that occurred or in trying to explain something that we thought we understood and maybe we did understand at one time, yet suddenly we realize, wow, there are pieces of this I don't remember how to explain. Or there are pieces of the story that I've forgotten. If you take this idea to an extreme, if you were to look back at class notes that you wrote 10 years ago, you probably would not remember much of any of it even if you recognize that the notebook is yours and the handwriting is yours. This is not to suggest that all forgetting is natural. Disorders of memory do exist. Some disorders are a consequence of physical injuries or shocking emotional disturbances. Other memory problems are side effects from consuming psychotropic drugs, recreational drugs, or excessive alcohol. Other memory issues are symptomatic of bigger problems, such as dementia, Alzheimer's disease, or even natural aging. I want to be clear in saying that my focus here in talking about memory and forgetting is in the context of what is normal. You may not like to forget, but forgetting really is natural, and it does not necessarily mean that something is wrong with you. Nonetheless, if you do think something is abnormal about your memory and rate of forgetting, please consult a qualified physician for assessment and, if it is needed and available, suitable treatment. Back to the idea that forgetting is natural, I want to emphasize how powerful forgetting is. People often say they are bad at remembering names or bad with memory in general. As I said, it is true that disorders of memory exist, However, I doubt that most people who think they have bad memories realize that it is normal to forget. The human brain simply does not naturally remember everything. 
To understand this, let's start by realizing that our brains are bombarded with new information all day, every day, from the time we wake up to the time we go to sleep. And this happens for everybody, even for me right now as I'm recording this podcast. There's all kinds of visual stimuli that are entering my eyes. There's even some auditory stimuli from outside. You may not be able to hear it uh, because I will filter it out, but I can hear a car drive by every so often. And there are sensations I have from sitting on this chair and how the chair is pushing back on me at contact points of my body. So all of that is information that's entering my brain. And throughout the day, thousands of bits of information like this come into our brains. And this includes every single thing that you hear, that you see, smell, taste, everything you feel, and so on, all day long. Now, most of all this information you will never remember, and that's perfectly okay because there's no need to retain almost any of it. If you were to try to count every piece of information you saw, heard, smelled, tasted, and felt from the time you woke up to the time you slept in a single day, it would be exhausting. Now ask yourself how much of all of that you need for future use. Unless it's important for school, your job, relationships in your life, or things you enjoy, your life will be just fine if you forget nearly all of it. Thus, forgetting is actually a good thing, because the majority of information our brains receive each day is not important to our lives. Also, let's say you learned something the wrong way, whatever it is. Maybe you're listening to a lecture in school, and somehow you misunderstand what the professor taught that day. Later, as a result of studying the textbook, studying your class notes, maybe talking to the professor in office hours, you gain a correct understanding. Now everything is clear, and you're ready to use what you correctly understand so that you can do the work of the class. Do you have any need to continue retaining the wrong information? Probably not, and you probably don't even want to retain it, because maybe that will interfere with how you handle a problem that you see on a test. So in a case like that, it's not going to bother you if you gradually forget it. Even though we tend to think of forgetting as something we dislike, there actually can be benefits to forgetting. With the understanding that forgetting is normal, the question you may be thinking is, is there anything I can do to retain in long-term memory the things I want to hold on to? The answer is yes, and here are a few things you can do. One. Recognize that forgetting is real. Do not assume that because you are exposed to something, you will automatically remember it accurately and fully and be able to recall it any time in the future. Remember that your brain is bombarded with sensory data all day long, and almost all of it you will forget, and that's actually good. 2. When you are listening to someone speak, do not think that merely because you are there, in the room, listening and seeing a lecture or discussion, that this means you will remember it. And this doesn't just apply to school. It can apply to conversations you're having with people. It can apply to enjoyed experiences with a friend or a relative. Whatever the case might be, don't assume that you will remember everything exactly as you received it. When you were reading a book or reading on a screen, do not think that because you see the words on a page and pictures and graphics that this means you will remember them. Here's the third thing you can do. One way to combat forgetting is to learn things properly with deep understanding from the outset. 
And the reason for that is because the quality of a memory is related to how well it gets encoded in your brain. When you relate what you are learning to previously learned information, you will remember it better in the future. Also, when you spend quality time studying what you learn, not long after first learning it, you should have an easier time with remembering it in the future. 4. Do not necessarily limit your learning to what you hear in a lecture or see in a textbook. If you increase your learning beyond what you are formally taught, you will better accommodate the loss of some information that naturally happens over time. You can accomplish this by asking questions and discussing the material in lectures and homework with your professor, your teaching assistant, classmates, and by reading more than the minimum required for the class. Here's the fifth thing you can do. Keep your attention focused without getting distracted when you are learning something. Number six, use what you learn in meaningful ways and do it often. Think about the new information. Ask yourself, why is it important? How does it add to what I already knew? How and why is it useful? What are incorrect ways to use the information and why are they incorrect? Number seven, make good use of your class notes. But rather than trying to memorize what is on the pages of your notes, think about what the professor was saying and the larger importance of whatever it is. 8. Unless you are trying to memorize words for a spelling test, stop treating your homework as exercises in memorization. Memorization without understanding is of little value in higher education. That's one of the central points to my advising. When I talk about human memory, it's not because I'm encouraging you to just memorize things that you have no clarity on. Test problems in university are usually far less about regurgitating information and more about requiring you to show that you understand something at a deeper level and can make use of it in unfamiliar situations. In conclusion, I want you to understand that forgetting is normal, and you have to just tell yourself that you're going to learn in a more meaningful way from now on, thereby making a conscious effort to have quality memories. In this episode, you should take away these ideas that I discussed. First, forgetting is natural. Second, forgetting easily happens when you learn in a superficial way without understanding and without studying what was learned soon after learning it. By the way, this should tell you that it's best to attend to homework and writing reports soon after lectures and laboratory work. The longer you delay in that, the harder it will be for you to recall what was learned previously, and you'll have to just spend more time restudying things. Number three, forgetting easily happens when we do not make frequent meaningful use of what was learned. Here's the fourth idea you should take away from today. Do not limit your learning to the minimum required. Do what you can to learn more from qualified sources. Number five, memorization without understanding is rarely useful in higher education. If you understand what you are learning, you are less likely to forget it. There's plenty more that I can say on this topic, and so I want to emphasize that the podcast is not the only way you can hear from me. For personal advising via Zoom, reach me at the contact information provided in the description for the podcast. In your message, include a description of your situation and what help you would like from me. Also, let me know your availability over the next week or two for a meeting via Zoom.
My job is not just to dispense information, but to help you make decisions that are sensible, realistic, efficient, cost-saving, and with the best possible outcome as I see it. I don't just want you to be educated, I want you to be wise. That's all for this episode. I look forward to sharing more information and advice with you in the future. You've been listening to Academic Advising for a Wise Education, a podcast by Advisor Jay. We hope the information and advice presented was enlightening. These episodes offer general advice. Your situation may call for additional action or an altogether different approach. For personalized guidance specific to you, Advisor Jay offers video advice via Zoom for a fee. Contact Jay at treasureoflifeatoutlook.com. That's treasureoflifeatoutlook.com. When emailing, please include your name, a detailed description of your situation, and clearly state what help you need. Advisor Jay is here to assist you, but ultimately your education is your responsibility, and so all decisions are your own to make. That email address can also be used to send Advisor Jay any comment about the podcast. Knowledge alone is rarely enough. In life, it pays to be wise.